I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home, and you burn it. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm undefeated, never lost. High fly ball in the right field. She is gone. That's over. It's reached. It's over. Way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry. I thought it was going to score. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go. USA is leading the Yes! Brady. Lines them up. He's back again. He steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone, and it is batted around and incomplete. incomplete. And the game is over. Oh! The game is over. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broad Street. Hey, man, if this is a dream, don't wake me up. We're going to have a parade on Broad Street. Oh. Hey, breeze up the poles. We're going to have a parade. The Eagles have won the Super Bowl. gentlemen it has finally happened let's go welcome to the almost world famous wide open sports cast i'm feds i'm rick ladies and gentlemen it's this if, if this is a dream don't ever wake me up from this if you haven't heard already the philadelphia eagles are super bowl champions for the first time in franchise history defeating new england patriots 41 to 33 We've got a couple of our bets wrong. Remember when we both said that we were going to take the under on points scored? Well, this the Super Bowl went exactly the opposite way in two aspects. One, I thought it was going to be completely defensive battle. It turned out to be the most offensive Super Bowl ever. Two, if Nick Foles got into a gunslinger match with Tom Brady, I thought he was going to lose. I specifically said on our preview show, I was like, if, if this turned into a shootout, the Eagles would go. They're finished. And we actually got props from people for tweeting it out. How awkward was it that the most offensive, not only the most offensive game in Super Bowl history, the most offensive game in NFL history was decided by a defensive play? Yeah. The one team that could get the one stop. Let's see, Rick. How many times was there a punt in this game? I believe twice. There was only one punt. Really? Donnie okay. Jones had one punt. The Patriots did not punt at all. Because they had the fourth down where Brady dropped it. Which, by the way, we'll get into it in a little bit. Nick Foles actually got a shout-out from some of his teammates on the bench after the Philly special saying, hey, you have more catches than Brady tonight. Yeah, I heard that. Um, and also, they were just, ah, dude, I don't know. My, 
I just I feel like I'm dreaming. So funny story. Um, obviously, I'm heading to that parade. It's the last thing I do. Is the city um, still standing? The city is still standing, and this is why. Shockingly. So uh, SEPTA released 50,000 special one-day passes at a discounted rate for people going to the parade, but there's only 50,000 because they're limiting the amount of trains so much because they're not trying to tell everyone, oh, go on the train because there's going to be too much traffic. So they're trying to limit it as much as they can. Um, so I go to... That's the Philly train system, just yep. so people don't know. Um, so we go to... I go to the Langhorn stop, which is over by our studios in New Hope. At 4.30 this morning, to get the tickets, which had gone on sale last night, and there's already about 200 people there. You know, I was decently in line. I would have been in a good spot. And then they open the doors at 5 and go, yeah, we're not getting more tickets till 8 a.m. If we get more. Oh... I drove my ass to Jefferson Station in Philly at 5 o'clock in the morning, before work, got the tickets. Jesus Christ, dude. What a commitment. So we are all set. Uh, but it was, it was like, it was, dude, it was just almost like a dream again. Like, I know I keep saying, like, if this is a dream, don't wake me up. Like, I'm, I'm driving into Philly. You can see the city in the distance. It's still all lit up green. Actually, the uh, Trenton Bridge, the Trenton Makes and the World Takes Bridge is lit up green as well. Is it? Okay. Yeah. And there's billboards everywhere, you know, thank you, Eagles, St. Nick always delivers, Super Bowl champions, and it's just like, it still just doesn't feel real. Like, maybe, I don't maybe know tomorrow it, for you at the parade, it'll if, feel a little realer. Ho- hopefully. <laughs> uh, so, so let's get into it a little bit. Um, th- our three storylines about Bird Gang here, again, first time winning the Super Bowl in franchise history. You have a lot of redemption stories here, Rick, with this team. Yeah. You had Foles, as we talked about, journeyman. Yep. Got sent away, got traded away for Bradford, went to the Rams, busted, found his way to Kansas City as a backup, and comes back, and the entire world doubts his abilities. And he goes on and not only outduels Brady and wins the Super Bowl, he wins the MVP in the process. Well, throwing for 371 yards, so catching at, three, uh, throwing three, and catching a touchdown. Outduels, kind of yes, but also kind of no at the same time, just because Brady had the most offense ever, ever. for a player to lose. Yeah, so good point there. Um, Dougie Fresh, Doug Peterson, with the gutsiest play calling anyone has ever seen in the Super Bowl, but again, paying off, um, who was a high school coach nine years ago. And he only had one interview, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone else said that he was going to be a bust. The Eagles wanted McAdoo first, and the Giants took him. Look how that worked out. Yeah, you're, you're probably thanking the Giants yeah. at this point. You probably got the co- one and only time. You got Corey Clement, who was a first-team Big Ten running back at Wisconsin, who was undrafted and gets picked up, signed as a free agent by the Eagles, and has a huge touchdown catch in that game. Alshon Jeffrey, the suspensions, the injuries, the underperformance, comes on a contract year to make or break the rest of his contract, gets his big contract before the Super Bowl even happens, and has an enormous game. And I mean, Nelson Aguilar, dude. This guy was booed. EDP has a video Not of a- him saying... That he wishes he could run over Aguilar's head with a freaking steamroller. He wasn't as booed as much as Santa Claus, though. No, he was not. <laughs> but 
there's just so many people here on this Eagles team that everyone had forgotten about. Like, they truly were the underdogs. To you, what is your best redemption story out of those names that I listed? Oh, it has to be Foles, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, Foles, he started out pretty decent in Philly, then kind of collapsed, then was ridiculed in for the Rams, was a backup for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, no real pot- uh, potential right there. Yeah. Comes back to Philly after contemplating retirement at the age of 29. And the only place he wanted to come back to was Philly because he, he did love the city. And somehow, some way, I mean, in an unfortunate way with Carson Wentz going down, but because of that, he turned into one of the greatest perform- like playoff performances by a quarterback ever. Right. So it's... I think Foles right here is probably the biggest redemption just because – I'm pretty sure he's been in the league the longest out of all those people, including the head coach, and has been a journeyman, dug through the the depths of what Jeff Fisher teams would be mm-hmm. to come out on top and become an MVP, a backup winning the MVP. That is pretty sweet. Who was the last backup quarterback to win the Super Bowl? <sighs> I know the Redskins had... Oh, no. It was the Giants, right? No? Oh, oh, wait, no. It was Tom Brady. I'm an idiot. Tom Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tom Brady. So, speaking of, again, Foles winning the MVP. Who would have thought if you went back in September? I would want to see if there's even a betting odd on that. Foles wins the MVP of the Super Bowl and beats Brady. I mean, at the beginning of the year, no way there was a betting odd on that. No. I mean, maybe there was definitely betting odds and prop bets right before the Super Bowl Yeah, on that. I'm pretty sure some of those were like plus 1,000. Probably not that much, but probably pretty high. So, Rick, what's next for Foles? Super Bowl MVP. That's a very good question. Who could go back is probably very well going to be going back to Philadelphia. I mean, I think... As the backup. Yeah, I think 95% sure that he's going to become the backup again. But, I mean, the... The value there is so high now. The The trade bait for Philly is so high right there. Browns have the number one and number four overall pick. Browns have that. Uh, Cardinals are up there, too, that could that need a quarterback. Bills need it. Jags need it. Uh, well, Jags, Jags is people very People will say. Yeah, people Jags will say very, the Jags need it. The Denver Broncos uh, need a back or not a backup, a new quarterback, too, because mm-hmm. that whole fiasco is not – Working out too well for John Elway and, and the Denver Broncos. something I just thought about that could go in Foles' favor. Look who's going to be out there setting the market price for quarterbacks right now. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. I mean. Kirk Cousins gets a payday. Who are you going to pay more, Kirk Cousins or the guy who just won the Super Bowl MVP? At plus the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be paying more, but you'd be trading a lot more to get that. Way more to get that. I mean, Kirk Cousins is just a interesting phenomenon of he could be good. He, he has the signs. world in his hands right he, now. He has the world in his hands. He could be good. I mean, the Redskins, I mean, they still may sign him, which is which is still they still may franchise tag him, which is even crazier for for Kirk Cousins cuz they may not want Kirk Cousins out on the market to potentially go to a rival team and beat them. I mean, 
that's a huge possibility right there. Yeah. So Kirk Cousins may not be going anywhere. It's very likely that he is, but there's also the slight chance where what the Washington Redskins are just like, no, we'll we'll spend this money to keep Kirk Cousins here, maybe even as trade bait later down the line. Who knows? But I, I think Kirk Cousins is gonna get signed somewhere else, and I think Nick Foles is going to stay in Philly. And I'm assuming at this point he and, wants to stay in Philly and have a statue. Yeah, well, he doesn't have a statue. I've seen so many, so many tattoos online today of the Philly, Philly fans. Special. Yeah, so one guy got the Philly special, the the trick play to the touchdown throw to Nick Foles on his on his forearm. I saw a guy with a tattoo where Nick Foles is is the it's the backside of Nick Foles on the Rocky stairs where the Rocky statue is raising his arms with the with Super the Lombardi Bowl. trophy in his hand. I saw another one that just pretty much said Dig uh, Big uh, Big Dick Foles winning the Super yeah. Bowl or something like that. So I mean, Philly fans are they're special they're a special breed. Yeah, yeah, and we'll be seeing that firsthand uh, tomorrow. And speaking of, um, let's just listen real quick to that Philly special call. You want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Philly special. Ready? Here we go, here we go. Tonight! Easy, easy! Kill, kill! Lane, lane! And Rick, for me, this is a testament to Dougie Fresh. Letting him to let him call that. The, the way it's like if you actually go and you watch the video, it's the way like, Foles uh, walks up and goes Philly Philly, and there's a moment of silence, and Dougie goes, okay. "Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, why not? Yeah, let's do it." And look what happened. So reward there. Um, there was also there was also someone saying that uh, when he said the Philly special in in the uh, in the huddle, that's the linemen all laughed. Yeah. So, and it worked. It's a so. play he ran in high school. He showed Dougie. He's like, hey, I did this in high school. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. It, it worked to perfection. Not for Brady's. Uh, yeah, not for Brady, but. And, Rick, my last question for the Eagles before we get into some of the really fun stuff. Could Philly be the next oh New my England? God. Dude, you're, you're already going I'm getting ahead. This. And, look, I'm you're so I am, look, high on this. And, look, but this is why I am actually going to say no. Okay, go ahead. For this reason. You have the greatest quarterback of all time with arguably the greatest coach of all time working together at the same exact time like that is something that is very hard to do are you are you about to say Dougie Fresh and Carson Wentz are the greatest combo after that no I'm not okay thank god Brady and Belichick like did that duo together like that is so hard to duplicate and it's greatness just right there. Person, right, exactly. I do think the Eagles will be very competitive. Dougie, yes. Dougie Fresh was saying you guys better get used to this feeling. So they're talking about it. But it's just so hard to do. So coming from a hyped-up Eagles fan who is just high on life over these past few days, it's, I just, it's so hard to duplicate that. When you have arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. So one of my friend, one of our friends actually made a bold statement saying he thinks that if it wasn't the Lombardi trophy, it'd be the Belichick trophy. Uh, I mean, one day it may be renamed that who knows. Yeah. But with my, Brady, like it's comparing that to new England, Dougie, Dougie fresh. I hate that. I'm saying that now, but whatever, Doug, he needs to have the work ethic that bill Belichick has. I mean, I'm sure he has something to it, but to be as great as 
Bill Belichick is as a head coach, you need to be somewhere near that. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing is a lot of a lot of a lot of coaches after they win the Super Bowl, generally that's that's the team that you watch the most film on. Yeah. And really there's only been one real coach in the past 20 years that has been good enough to not to change it up so frequently and do it as well and that's the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. Secondly, Tom Brady. I mean, this is this is going to be a, a hit on Carson Wentz. Tom Brady didn't get injured early on in his career. Carson Wentz did. Mm-hmm. So, I And that's still a big question. That's still a big question. And that's also another reason why Nick Foles probably should stay in Philly. Is because he actually may start next season. Yeah, you, you never know how long the recovery. Because he has two uh, Carson Wentz has two torn lig- ligaments in his leg, so who knows how long it's gonna la- or how long it's gonna take him to recover. I mean, I hope for the best of him, and I hope he does yeah, begin the season as a starting quarterback. He deserves it, even over even over the Super Bowl MVP. But Brady didn't get injured early on in his career. Ray did get injured at some point, but not early on in his career. I think that hurts you more being injured early on in your career than anything else. I mean, look at RG3. RG3, his first year, played great. Second year, gets injured, gets beaten up. Never was the same RG3 again. Now, it's completely different play styles. I mean, Carson Wentz is kind of like an RG3, but kind of a more pocket passer like Tom Brady type thing. He's more intermediate, so he has that going for him. But, I mean, Carson Wentz, at the beginning of this year, was running for his life at different times and made plays out of it. But, unfortunately, running for his life also got him injured. So, him being injured is not a good sign because one injury leaves some more injuries for most most NFL players and most sports athletes as well. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I don't think they're on the level. I mean, obviously, they're not on the level of no, the New England, New England Patriots all. yet because that, that dynasty is uh, – Closing up soon, in my opinion, uh, with the recent events that happened this past week with New England. Yeah, we'll get into that in a yeah, second. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they could be a dynasty like them, but we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. But let's get into that fun stuff, that parade, baby. Again, starting tomorrow, going down Broad Street. Yours truly will be in attendance. And we'll be taking photos for the Twitter at Wide Open underscore Sports. Yeah. Um, first off, free beer. Yeah. Bud Light is honoring its deal with Lane Johnson, giving out free beer and also, to the city of Philadelphia and also Yards Brewery. Yeah, there was an announcement today. Yards Brewing, which is a, a local brewery to Philly, is going to be giving out free beers. I well. might have to head there after the parade because there's a 0.0% chance that I'm trying to get on the train immediately when the parade ends. Yeah, that doesn't sound too fun. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more people hanging around, but I better not see you climb up any poles there, Feds. No promises. Uh, so... A lot of celebrities who were really, really talking about um, the Eagles all up on it. Um, you saw the reaction video from Kobe. Bradley Cooper was in the box with Jeffrey Laurie. You had Trout was there. Kevin Hart tried sneaking on stage and got Kurt, caught dropping the F-bomb. Cursed on live drunk TV. F. Um, Pink singing the national anthem. What I'm going to ask you, Rick, is I'm going to give you... Uh, Joel Embiid just walked down to the streets afterwards and was walking around with people. He was on Broad Street afterwards. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a list. 
I want you to rank these celebrities on the likelihood that they're involved in the parade tomorrow. Bradley Cooper, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Hart, Mike Trout, Will Smith, Pink, Donovan McNabb, Joel Embiid, and for the banter, Meek Mill. Yeah, Why don't you go first? Well, I feel like for my least, my least would be McNabb, just because one of all the sexual allegations that have kind of like recently came out against him, but two, also, he's kind of frowned upon from the fans, which I'm still very confused about, but I mean, whatever. Uh, I'll give the leg up on Meek Mill. Maybe he'll, maybe they'll get, let him get out of jail. Who knows? <laughs> uh, my third least likely would be Embiid, just because he's in the middle of the season. So I feel like that's very unlikely for him to be in. Uh, and then probably my, my top five, I'd say Pink uh, would be fifth. I'd say Kobe would be fourth. Kevin Hart would be three. Will Smith would um, – I'm sorry, top six. I'm sorry. Uh, so let me restart that. Pink would be six. Kobe would be five. Uh, Hart would be three. Uh, four. Jesus Christ. Uh, Will Smith, three, just because – just a legend right there. Two, I'd say Mike Trout. Um, I think that's kind of likely just because he's local legend or uh, going to be local legend. And he's just not playing the area yet. Yet, because I feel like at some point he will be playing for the Phillies. And then number one, obviously Bradley Cooper is going to be in the parade. He's been in the press box with the owner so many times this season and was in the press box this Super Bowl. No way he is not going to be in the parade. Yeah, I'm going to agree. 100% Bradley Cooper is there. Uh, I'm going to go with Kevin Hart second, yeah. showing up for his city. I'm going to disagree with you and say Embiid is my third most likely just because it's Embiid. He does crap like this all the time. He just shows up in random places, wants to be the center of attention, and the Sixers are home. They are home. They are home. They're, they're on the home stretch. So I do see Embiid showing up. Then I'm going to go Will Smith, Pink, Kobe, Mike Trout, and I agree with you. Meek Mill has a better chance of showing up than McNabb because also, too, McNabb is just so bitter. Like, he was talking about how Goff's better than Wentz, and whenever he talks about this current Eagles team, he just seems so bitter and resentful towards them because it's not him. Yeah. So I could totally see McNabb. I I, I could see Meek Mill there before McNabb. Um, and now, the losing side, New England. Again, you kind of disagreed with me, which I do see where you're coming from. Because Brady did put in the greatest quarterback performance, maybe even the, one of the greatest performances in Super Bowl history. 500 oh, yards and lost. And he lost. I mean, it, it literally came down to one huge play, which was the, the forced fumble from Brady, or off of Brady. I mean, that's really where it came down to because – if they didn't get that, 100%, they're yeah. driving down, in they, my opinion. We, we were saying that we weren't predicting, are they going to get a stop? We were trying to figure out how much time there's going to be left on the clock when we get the ball back because it was just we knew they were going to go and, and score. That was, and that was the perfect amount of time for before Tom Brady fumbled two, that ball. Tw 220 with the two-minute warning and a timeout left. time, and then Rob Gronkowski, which is also making storylines this week, but Rob Gar Gronkowski was on fire in Dude, that second He was half. alive. He, he, I mean, more than Brady almost. 
yeah. Gronk brought them back. He into had the so game. many drops and was almost non-existent in the first half. In the second half, he was just getting the ball left and right. Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. I mean, um, yeah, good. How much do you think Malcolm Butler's absence hurt? Because they put out Eric Rowe, who the Eagles know very well, who's not that great, and the Eagles made him target number I, one. I I feel like he would have made some some sort of play that would have changed. Maybe maybe even the tiniest of this, maybe even the biggest uh, outcome of this of the Super Bowl, because it makes no sense. Like there's still no reason. It, it seems like there's still no reason. It's just Bill Belichick saying that, oh, he wasn't part of the game plan, which is very odd. Unless you're hearing something different, I, I've read he up. He denied today missing his curfew. Yeah, and the, there's no, been no reports from the New England Patriots. I also heard that, too. There's been no reports from the New England Patriots saying that, yes, that's true. I mean, if that was true, then I would say that that makes sense. But to not, in the Super Bowl, not play a down of defense, and I think he played only one special teams, some, something ridiculous like that, Yeah. who was the Super Bowl hero about three years ago. Three? Three? Yeah, three yeah, against three the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, that's silly. Yeah, just to be like, hey, it's you're just not completely going, hey. silly. So I I don't understand. I I think that was that definitely hurt New England. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, what you got next there? Uh, so probably the biggest story, probably the, not not the biggest, but one of the big storylines, Rob Gronkowski uh, contemplating retirement to go into acting. I read that report today. Really. Uh, I thought it was because of the injuries. And stuff. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, his body, he's had like a significant amount of injuries. I think close to 60 different injuries in his career. Uh, and the most recent one being a concussion. I mean, that's kind of scary for a person that's only 29. Yeah. He's uh, contemplating retirement to go into acting. I don't think he'll be a very good actor, but I mean, he'll probably get into some B-movies, and he's done commercials and crap before. B-movie. So... I think that's huge. The likelihood of that, I would say that's about a forty percent chance. Okay. I I I don't think Gronk will go out like that. I he may go out once Brady retires. I I could see that for certain players that just don't want to be there when their quarterback isn't there. One hundred percent see that. But I don't think he retires this year. That'd be kind of shocking to me. But people who are one person that's a guarantee to leave this year, the defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, has now become the new Detroit Lions coach. And people are saying he's kind of got a bad rep now already starting off saying that he just didn't do his job. The look on his face after the Philly special. Uh, well, that's... There's nothing you can do about that. I mean, that. his, his def- it's kind of actually interesting because at different points in the year, there was more holes in the Patriots' defense than it seemed like there ever was before. It was just more apparent, and maybe that was just because everyone knew that he's going to be signing as a head coach somewhere next year, and they're going to completely judge him that that way. But it just seemed like it was more apparent this year. Secondly, Josh McDaniels has become the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts for a total of 45 minutes and then returned to New England. Total, to- total. And my thought on this is Josh McDaniels can only now be the head coach of the New England Patriots. 
Yeah, dude, he's, his reputation is shot. His reputation is shot. Well, I wouldn't say that. His reputation as an offensive coordinator is still, still phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I'm sure Brady is very happy. But nowhere else and nowhere at this point in time is Josh McDaniels going to sign with anywhere else. Maybe if next year, if Bill Belichick is still coaching next year, which it seems like with this move, Bill Belichick's on the way out. Yeah, I, I, it seems like I just watched them. the uh, I just watched the uh, he I mean he pulled a Bill Belichick and I watched the uh, the thirty for thirty the two Bills recently uh-huh. that that was the new one that just came out it was about uh, Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick where the the plan was Bill Parcells was stepping down and just moving into the office for the New York Jets and Bill Belichick was going to become the new head coach of the Jets and he was there for a total of one day. Maybe not even one day. So actually, Josh McDaniels beat Belichick's uh, record, which is new, and never thought a Belichick record would ever be broken, but it was. Uh, so he pulled that, uh, seeing that the Indianapolis Colts, uh, not that great of an uh, and, he, and here's another thought for you, right? I, this dawned on me last night when I broke the news. How much of it do you think is Robert Kraft going to McDaniels and the New England um, organization saying, hey, remember Deflate Gate? Oh, it was complete F you. Yeah. I mean, it totally was. And today, the, the Colts GM after that was like, the rivalry's back on. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's like taking a knife to a gunfight there. Yeah. I mean, what does the Indianapolis Colts have on the New England Patriots? Even with, even with uh, Matt Patricia leaving this year, they're gonna have to recraft their their defense, but they're not gonna have to recraft their offense. And the Colts' defense is pathetic, and I feel like will forever be pathetic. Yeah. So that's that's like I said, taking a knife to a gunfight. There, I I will say that definitely brings up animosity between Kraft and Ursay. That's uh, that's that's a that's an interesting situation there. And Kraft seems to get himself into these situations, I guess, every 20 years at this point. But but let's see uh, how that ends up with them. But that was completely out of nowhere. And one of the reports I, I read was, like, McDaniel's uh, agent was like, this would be the worst decision of your life, was pretty much the quote. If you go to the Colts, it would be the worst decision of your life. So now that happened, I think Bill Belichick is likely to retire in two years. I mean, so they're I, lining up the successor. Lining up the successor, which, I mean, he's a very good offensive coordinator. So let's see how that works out. Because no way Josh McDaniels is getting hired anywhere else. No, like that—that that just seems impossible at this point. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. So yeah, so that's our Super Bowl talk again. It's not fiction. It's not opinion. It is currently a fact. For at least a year, the Philadelphia Eagles are the greatest football team in the world. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Hold your horses, everybody. So, you have any comments with anything, um, don't forget to reach out to us at the Wide Open Sportscast Twitter at Wide Open underscore sports. And also make sure you're following us on SoundCloud and subscribing to us on iTunes at Wide Open underscore sports. Just search it up and you'll find us right there. Um, let's get into some other sports here. We have a few little uh, small Spring things to talk is about. Coming a week till pitchers and catchers report for baseball. Yes. And Rick, your team's made a signing. Yes, the Mets have signed Todd Frazier, 
it is a total Mets move to sign a player that's kind of out of its its prime his his prime. Uh, I mean, he's 31 years old. He's going to be 32 years old next week. Uh, I looked this up. He's his birthday's on like the 12th, like the 12th of February. Uh, I mean, he's definitely a big improvement. Uh, if everyone stays healthy at third base, I mean, Todd Frazier is great. David Wright is great. I mean, we're going to have a stacked third baseline. Uh, Mets, I'm still very concerned about the pitching staff because, I mean, two years ago it was phenomenal. I mean, it crashed and burned the playoffs, but they're phenomenal. Uh, last year it was Injury City, it felt like. Or not, it felt like it definitely was. So I'm very concerned about that. But, yeah, that's uh, that's my Mets talk. Yeah. The Mets. But, Rick, here's my question with um, the big talking point with baseball today. It's been uh, something that's come up lately. Is the lack of offseason free agent movement concerning for the MLB? Um, so, for the— Other obviously got, well, you know, John Carlos Stanton got traded for yeah. bitcoins and <laughs> all the other stuff. But I'm talking about, like, free agents. Um, There's been a giant holdup with the Red Sox and J.D. Martinez. Uh, the Red Sox are still apparently talking about a deal— Switching um, JBJ for Encarnacion. Uh, do I think it's a but again? It's a trade, but do you think it's an issue with the lack of free agent movement? So I mean, so for all seasons for many leagues, like the NBA last year was very exciting. It brought a lot of talk to the NBA. Uh, same with NFL uh, the season beforehand. Um, same with the NHL free season mo- free free agent movement. Uh, in the off season, keeps people talking about your sport in the off season. Uh, I don't think I, I think the lack of movement for the viewership is very concerning. Especially with the, it feels like the MLB is just slowly starting to slide down. Like MLS is almost caught MLB now as far as viewership. Yeah, which is which is kind of crazy, but I mean it makes sense because I feel like I mean soccer has just become so huge. I mean, obviously worldwide, but I mean, just in America, it's coming bigger and bigger. So I think the lack of movement, um, I know we rarely, during during the off season when we were doing these podcasts, rarely talked about baseball. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked, I think. I think Stan, that's it. I think we, yeah, the only thing we really talked about was Stan, and that was more just the uh, Marlins cleaning house, and it was the concern of what is happening there. Uh, it wasn't just overall baseball, it's just one team. So that, I mean, the lack of baseball talk, I mean, that could just be us, but I find it kind of concerning. I, I do as well. Yeah. You bring up the point. It's look at how everyone got so excited and hyped up for the NBA this year because of all the free agent movement. I feel like the NHL even had more movement in oh, the free agent I'm... market than MLB. You had the Shattenkirk sweepstakes. I mean, all the signings that the Devils did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the uh, well, who moved? Someone else big moves. I forget the Yager signing. I mean, all yeah. all, the, all those things, and the Yager being sent sent away. Now it's back to the Czech Republic, I believe. Uh huh. Yeah. So I mean, those those are big things. Even within the season and preseason talks, we talked more about that. So I think that's kind of concerning. I mean, that that could just be us being ignorant. But I mean, I I don't really recall many big moves besides just the sand one. Correct. Correct, yeah. me, correct me if I'm wrong. No. 
Yeah. No, not so. at all. Uh, and speaking of how you said the Marlins are cleaning house, uh, last thing on baseball, the Indians are also cleaning house in a way, too. The Indians will be getting rid of Chief Wahoo. That's kind of upsetting for me. Yeah, I, I actually I, 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 I like mean, that. I, logo. I, I understand the reasoning um, that the logo is could be deemed potentially racist, but I mean it's just such a eye catching. It's logo. and it's I feel like it's very iconic too. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna I, honestly I, I'm not an Indians fan, but I feel like I need to buy up as much Chief Wahoo merchandise before that's just completely major leagues guys like come on major i mean yeah major league i i mean that that movie right there is just so iconic and obviously chief wahoo's throughout that movie uh but i mean that's just it was just such an eye-catching logo totally agreed uh we're gonna come back to that in a little bit during our questionable calls but while we're on the topic of cleveland moving into basketball Good lord, man. What in the world is wrong with the Cleveland Cavaliers? Well, I Let mean... Let me hit you with some statistics, yeah, okay? The Cavs are 0-8 on national TV this year. Yes. Major L's. They had a 30-point loss. The latest one on national TV was a 30-point loss to Houston at home on Friday. And then last night, they blew, a, they blew a 20-something point lead in Orlando to the Magic. Okay, that makes no sense. Yeah. Um... It's just right now, Cleveland is just a mess. All signs are pointing to a locker room divided. Um, Isaiah Thomas had a quote last night that said, when adversity hits this team, we're going our separate ways. There's a locker room divided. LeBron getting pounded with questions. And even LeBron had said that he would possibly have a sit down with Golden State if they came knocking. He said he will not be um, getting rid of his no-trade clause. He said he's here at the end of the year. He's not abandoning shit, but I don't see LeBron staying at all. I, I don't see it at all either. I think that's very true. I was, gonna, I was also going to make the comment of now that Kevin Love is injured and out for a bit, Yeah, uh, that's one less person to point the finger at. Yeah, because he always seemed like to be the butt of a. But now listen to this, right? No one, you know, everyone's the whole focus is on LeBron. People want to point the finger at Kevin Love. Since Christmas, LeBron James has the worst plus-minus ratio of all 518 players in the NBA. The absolute worst in the league. Jesus. The greatest player of our time currently has the worst plus-minus in the NBA. Again, I think it's just pointing to all signs that that we are now in the, at least for the moment, in the era of KD. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, that's that's pretty much been established, almost almost at the beginning of this year, may even maybe even the year before, probably even the year before, actually. Yeah. So I like who do you blame? I mean, it's just do you blame the coach or Coach LeBron uh, Tyron, at this point? Yeah, but, it doesn't matter who's the coach. If it was Spolstra, was a, Miami, Tyron, Lou, no matter who the coach is, it's Coach LeBron. Uh, I I I read a. Uh, a Sports Illustrated uh, uh, web report this week saying that LeBron James had a meeting with ownership and left cursing and yelling. So that doesn't look too good there. The house in L.A. is looking really nice. Yeah, if it's not destroyed. Yeah. Um, but I – yeah, no way LeBron is staying there. I mean, he very well could be out to California or somewhere else. 
I mean, also, losing to Houston by 30 points it just shows how dominant the West is. Yeah. So Rockets I think, are only in second. Yeah. So, I mean, and the Rockets look so good. Yeah. I mean, even Harden has made some defensive plays this year, which is out of nowhere. It's 60 points in a triple-double. That's freaking amazing. Wild. Uh so you got Cleveland, and then another team that is also, I guess, people have pretty much put the stamp on them. Is this project has failed, but this is the ultimate. We are abandoning ship and beginning the rebuild now. Even though they were in eighth place in the West, um, Clippers sending Blake Griffin to Detroit. So I, they, I, my opinion here is they 100% at the beginning of this year thought that Chris, or towards the end of last year, that Chris Paul was coming back to the Clippers. Once that didn't happen, they're like, should we re-sign him? Should we not re-sign Blake Griffin uh, or give him more money, whatnot? They did. Uh, and and he just keeps getting hurt. And he just keeps getting hurt. And it's just like, why are we paying this guy that's sitting on the bench half the year? And DeAndre Jordan's going to be on his way out soon. so Yeah, no way he's going to stay. I back. mean, I think we pretty much know the answer to this. They had The Clippers had that little run of success where they dominated the West, but now with them falling off, trading Blake Griffin, the Lakers are actually on fire right now. Yeah, they look great. Is this the end of the Clippers' little run of dominance in L.A.? Uh, I mean, I don't know if like Dom. I mean, to be the better team in Dom, uh, yeah, than them, yeah, one hundred percent dominance. That's very debatable because they may have had like two years of dominance. Yeah, so, maybe two or it was it was like two or three. Yeah, just that little run and the, it was like that one sh- that one shining moment in the Clippers franchise history, and then it kind of just went all downhill from and there. And I think we have the answer to this: Is the Clippers project now officially a failure? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I mean the next big project that could become a failure is the pro- trust the process in Philly. So that's still debatable if that's going to work or not. Yeah, if they're still hanging around in eighth, Joel Embiid for the first time in his NBA career played back-to-back nights. That's amazing. He will be at the parade tomorrow. Mark my words. <laughs> uh next season over. Porzingis tears his ACL. Season over. The the Knicks can't catch a break. It seems like that season is over. I mean, when they think they sign good people, they they don't. They were actually looking pretty strong at the start of this year. Like people are saying, they're actually fun to watch. They were fun to watch. We were saying that, and yeah. and we were saying how good for the league. The Knicks playing is uh, if they're playing well, it's so good for the league. Major cities like that, like. LA Lakers, Boston Celtics, New York Knicks, bring back some of the classic, uh, plas- classic rivalries there. But now it's just, ugh. and they got they didn't they get destroyed by the Bucks last night? Yep. At probably Giannis but, jumped over a man. Yeah, I saw that. Clip. Hardaway Jr. jumped completely over him when Vince Carter in the Olympics. <laughs> nice, <laughs> wild. Us uh, and talking about those dunks. Last thing for the NBA before, Rick, we're going to let you touch on a little bit of your specialty here. The NBA dunk contest has been set. It'll be Utah's Donovan Mitchell, Indiana's Victor Oladipo, the Lakers' Larry Nance Jr., and the Mavs' Dennis Smith. Do you think the dunk contest is dead? That's debated every year, and it comes back every year. So I don't think it's dead. I mean, there's been super times where it's been so good. Dwight Howard against Nate Robinson was the best. Yes. But, I mean, two years ago, what was it? Uh, I forget who. It was Ma- some Magic guy and 
Yeah, I forget too. Yeah, but I mean that was good, and that was only two years ago. I mean, is everyone going to be an instant classic? No. Should it just go out and just be not played anymore? No. No, I feel like it's a tradition. It, it's a tradition. I I don't think it's dead at all. Yeah. I mean, it's it may not be as great, and maybe not the biggest players are playing in it very much anymore. But also the biggest players. I mean, you look at the biggest players. Uh, Curry, Westbrook, they're not really like they don't extreme. Dunk. They're not extreme dunk dunkers. I mean, they they're creative on the floor. So the big names right are now, all in the skills contest and the three point shootout. Yeah, that's that's where the NBA is right now. It's it's not that dunking is dead. It's just the big names are now in the three point contest. That's in a way that should be the more exciting one because those are where the big players are. Yeah. They're sending the, these big guys that can hop and do crazy things, but, I mean, they're not the big players anymore. It's not the Michael Jordan in 88. It's not uh, Vince Carter in, what, 2000? Yeah. Yeah, 2000. Like, it's not those big players anymore because it's not necessary for the biggest players to have that, like, dunk. Now, don't get me wrong. Russell Westbrook has some, like, beastly dunks, but, I mean, he's not going to participate in that. And I don't think he ever should. No. I mean, this is also good to get these these guys that are kind of not as well-known. I mean, these obviously these guys are known because they're very good, but they're not as well-known. So let them play. Yeah. So I, I, it's just going in a different direction. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. I still like the dunk contest, and I, underst- I understand. Like, I go into it thinking, like, it's not going to be as good. But, I mean, it's still fun to watch. Definitely. I agree with you. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on the dunk contest? Feel free to reach out to us again at the Wide Open Sportscast Twitter feed at Wide Open underscore Sports. Uh, Rick, we're about to get into your specialty again because, believe it or not, the engines are going to be starting and you'll be back in Daytona. Yes. Uh, so, what are you thinking? Give us uh, some of your NASDAQ talk because so, mean, you get ready to return to the Daytona 500 again. I, uh, uh, yeah, every year I get down to the Daytona 500 uh, with my father and our friends. Grand old time, drink some beers in the stadium, in the stadium, watch some cars go around the circuit, make a laugh turn, and it's it's a good old time. Uh, I'm excited for the Sunday. Um, it's not the Daytona 500, but they have like a uh, like a pre-race where all the the racers that have won last year and or got a pole position last year called the Clash, and that's uh, like about. 15 to 20 drivers. I remember watching there. the Clash. The Clash is fun, and it's it's a good race. They they're look at those those are cars that they're not going to use in the 500, so they can beat and bang on those all they want. So that's always a good race. That's Sunday at three o'clock, and then the next race for them will be Thursday, where they do the duels, where they find out the position that that, the, that they'll be starting in for the Daytona 500. Uh, so the two races there to decide who's going to start the inside row and who's going to start on the outside row. Will you be at the duels? I will be at the duels. I will not be at the clash. Um, I used to go to that, but unfortunately, just because I need to work, yeah. I can't go to that anymore. My father will be there. Uh, but next, maybe in a few years down the line, I'll go back to that one. Who knows? Uh, but Thursday, the duels. And Sunday, the big Daytona 500. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, it's perfect timing for me just because... I mean, I have the NBA and the NHL. It's always nice to have another sport there. NASCAR on Sundays will be for me, so I'm excited for that. Uh, Who do you think wins? 
the Daytona 500. Yeah, who's your winner this year? Who's my winner this year? Uh, I think I think Ryan Blaney, who's kind of a young gun, is definitely going to be up there. Uh, Jamie McMurray always does very well. I mean, Dale Jr. retired last year, and that's going to be a huge void in the NASCAR landscape. So one of these, I think one of these young guns, I think will be huge for them if one of these young guns, uh, Kyle Larson, Dave David, uh, Dave Blaney, Chase Elliott, one of these guys or a couple other ones, wins the Daytona 500, puts their name on the map, gets that inter- interview on ESPN, become starting starting to become the new face of NASCAR. I mean, Chase Elliott's kind of pushing to that, but I feel like there still needs to be other faces there, not just Dale Jr., which has been pretty much ESPN's face yeah. for the past, like, 20 years. So I I feel like one of these guys needs to win, and I hope they win. So that's kind of my off prediction, but okay. it's my prediction. All right. So there's Rick with uh, NASCAR getting ready for the Daytona 500. Real quick, I'm going to give you my Premier League minute. Uh, between our favorite teams, Rick, what a finish between Tottenham and Liverpool. <sighs> Should have won that. As the refs, the officials have taken center stage, awarding two controversial penalties to Spurs, which were both arguably maybe penalties and offsides. Uh, the game ended in a wild 2-2 draw. Um, go check out the highlights. It would take me about five minutes of this podcast to, to describe the ending. I, I will admit you guys got robbed. I will gladly take it, but uh, we're going to get ready. North London Derby, Saturday. Tottenham gets the scum again. Uh, that's looking great. Big talking point, Chelsea is 2-5-3 and three in their last 10 matches. They got slammed in their last two games. 3-0 by Bournemouth and 4-1 to Watford. They left three goals in the last eight minutes or so. Um, ever since Antonio Conte got into a fight with Mourinho. Yeah. The question now is, how much longer does Conte have? But losing the 3-0 to Bournemouth and 4-1 to Watford as the Chelsea manager of the defending champions. He's not going to last long. Abramovich either. isn't looking I, at I, much I, longer. I would say one or two lost, one, one or two more losses like that, and he's out. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, soccer coaches, I mean, more than, like, NFL coaches these days. When the average say, is, like, like, three years. Where, like, people say, like, uh, well, not e- I feel like not even not, that. Yeah. Not even that. I feel like the average for NFL coaches used to be three years. Now they're just tossed to the side whenever they just don't do well. That's that's what soccer's been like for years now. Yeah. So, uh, some wild transfers happened over the transfer period, especially in the last week. Um, and it was weird. Usually transfers are a team pays money for a player, but they actually went back to swapping players. Mm. which was rare. Um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, a great pickup for the Scum, unfortunately. Say that five times fast. Going to Arsenal. Yeah, Aubameyang, 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 Aubameyang. Not including the full team. Um, he's going to Arsenal. I mean, you can't lie. It's a great pickup for him. If you've ever seen him play, he's an incredible player. Uh, Mickey Batshuayi becomes the new Batman in Dortmund to replace Aubameyang. And Ali G, Olivier Drew, and his bullet headers get sent to... Chelsea. It was a three-way switch between the teams. Aubameyang from Dortmund to Arsenal. Ali G from Arsenal to Chelsea. Batshuayi from Chelsea to Dortmund. And then also, Arsenal also swapped and got Henrik Mkhitaryan, who is a former teammate of Aubameyang's at Dortmund. Um, he goes to Arsenal, and Arsenal sends their best player, Alexis Sanchez, to Manchester United. Which is 
weird. The only real significant signings that were done with money over this break are Liverpool gets Virgil van Dijk for about 70 million. And then Tottenham also signed Lucas Mora from PSG for about 25, 30 million. Otherwise, they're all swaps, which is different. And lastly, FAR gets mixed reviews in FA Cup matches. People are complaining it slowed down the game too much, too controversial. I don't think the English game is ready for a video review yet. So we'll see what happens there. So I'm actually not up on that. Do they actually stop the match? Or, yes. is, or, or do they do con more continuation time? Or they time? add stoppage time. They do add more stoppage time. Okay. Yeah. The ref makes like a little TV sign, runs over, and there's a ref that watches the TV and tells the head official, yeah, this is the call. Okay. So, but again, very controversial. We'll see what happens there. All right. So with that, we've got a few minutes left. Let's get into our questionable calls before our final drive. Um, so, Rick, the big thing that we talked about was Chief Wahoo being retired by the Indians. This week's questionable call, and you brought it up last week, and I love this question. Now I'm going to let you go first. So, the our, our questionable call is, what are top three retired logos in sports that are maybe some of them have, have been used in the past couple of years, whether it be like throwback games or something like that, but are not commonly used anymore? So, uh, my number three... Uh, is for a team that's no, well, it's in existence, but they changed their name. The Washington Bullets logo. I always liked that one with the two arms reaching out, trying to catch the ball. I always thought that was good. Plus, I really like the red, white, and blue jerseys. Those, Those always look so sick. fresh. Secondly, this one, I feel like I, I'm on my own with this, but I've always loved these colors. The red and white Vancouver Canucks logo, where it was a skate and it was like looked like slashy, but like red, white, and black. I always thought their jerseys with that logo looked very good. Uh, famously, I mean, it was used in the 94 Stanley Cup where they lost to the Rangers. But I always really liked that logo. And the, one of my favorite hats that I own is the Vancouver yeah. Canucks with that logo. Uh, finally, um, probably a lot, of, a lot of people have this one. The Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. That logo from the Disney movies, which was used once when Disney owned the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, now the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, that like that goalie mask with the duck logo on the cross sticks looks so good. Mm -hmm. And I, have a I mean, Mighty Ducks that's hat like that. Uh, yeah, I, I have some Mighty Ducks gear like that too. I mean, there also could be just being nostalgia just because of the the Mighty Ducks movies and all that. But that that was my favorite one. How about you? Uh, going from three to one, number three, the retro Seattle Supersonics with the yellow basketball in the skyline of Seattle. Very true. I would love to see them bring that team back. Classic logo. Right. Um, number two, got to go with the Hartford Whalers. Yeah, I know you always love that one. Love that logo. I'd love to get a hat. I have a, I have a Hartford Whalers shirt. I'd love to get the logo on a hat. Uh, I think it's just a real tradition. It's like a, it's like a cult following, the whole bring back the Whalers. And number one, I got to agree with you, Ducks. Yeah, that that Mighty one Ducks. I feel like I feel like a lot of people have that one just special. In I heart. love when they do the throwback game with the old with the Ducks logo on there. Yeah, like I said, they they do use it in some, and then they also uh, I think two years ago they had like an orange jersey with the with like a, a simple down version of, of it. Uh, I mean that wasn't as good as the original ones from like 2003 when they're in the Stanley Cup with uh, the New Jersey Devils, but those were good. Yeah, but with that. Give us yours as well. Yeah, what exactly. do you think they are? 
Again, tweet them out at us at wideopen underscore sports for our Twitter feed. And don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes at wideopen underscore, not wideopen underscore sports, wideopen sportscast. Yes. That's what you get when you get two hours of sleep on Sunday night after the Super Bowl. You're still, it's Wednesday. I am still tired. And I still don't, I'm surprised I'm doing well. I still don't really have a voice. I'm surprised how well I'm holding up. Well, we're about to end the show with the final drive. Let's go over some of the uh, topics that were kind of big. I doing the final drive last week. Yeah, it's uh, it's where we go over the kind of like the bigger topics that we didn't necessarily cover, but we want to just get a quick word in with them. There's a few funny ones. In yeah, there is. First one, it's Olympic time. The opening ceremonies are Friday, and USA is probably going to dominate. 99%. And Russia has sent some some of their athletes. I don't know if they're allowed to play, but they are sending athletes. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. They may just vacation there, yeah. for all I know. But USA, hopefully bringing out... It's just a matter of who's going to come yeah. in second. USA bringing home a lot of golds, I hope so. Oh, yeah. What you got next? Dan Patrick confirms he has talked to ESPN about a possible move from NBC, but he wants to stay. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a good move for Patrick to stay because, I mean, the Dan Patrick show is just a great show. I love listening to that. Yeah. But also, I mean, if he wanted a show like that, there's just no time slot for that. Not at all. On on, on ESPN because, I mean, they got Golik and Wingo, then they got the Levitard show. They actually just restructured and, like, changed their whole radio thing, so they're not going to change that now. Yeah, not at all. Next, uh, NF, uh, the Fox gets Thursday Night Football. Uh, and... And Feds wanted to answer this one. Yeah. Who does Philadelphia unveil the banner against? Because it's most likely going to be the first uh, Thursday night football game of the year. I will be there. I don't care what it takes, what it costs. I am going to be there. And who do you want them to reveal the banner to? So they're talking about the Vikings, Falcons could be a good one because they want to make it a big game. Obviously, you beat the Vikings uh, in the NFC Championship and won it in their stadium. I feel like that would be a nice background story. Uh, Atlanta's a possible one. I want to know if they dare decide to do it against Dallas or New York. That'd be interesting. If they're like, hey. I, I feel like they try to prevent that against, like, uh uh-huh. Yeah. And Especially also, in week one. Yeah, I, I doubt they're going to reveal against the Patriots, considering the Patriots. They don't play New England this year. Oh, they don't even? Yeah, they don't have New England this year. Oh, okay. They have the... Who's it that they have? I forget the divisions they have this year off the top of my head. Uh, they, I know they have the AFC South, but they said that it's not going to be any of those teams. You're talking about, I'm, I'm confused, you're talking about Fox for Thursday night, or are you talking about the Eagles? For like the Eagles schedule. Uh, okay, like okay. they don't get the AFC South this year. They get the AFC South okay. this year, and then I forget the NFC division that they have this year. Okay. Uh, and then you also have to look at Oh, they, they get the NFC South, dog. They, they're playing the Falcons. Who won the NFC South this year? Uh, the Saints. Oh, yeah, the Saints. So they get the Falcons, so they're playing the NFC South. They get the NFC and the NFC South. Yes. Next, let's jump in before he just bow on the bounces. Uh, Chris Consworth continues to get blasted by Eagles fans after biased commentating in favor of New England, including the Chris Long controversy there. Saying that Zachers took 70 steps, and yet he's still questioning it. What you got next? Uh, coming up next, big question here. Is New York City really about to have their worst period in sports? When you look at it, right, the Jets and Giants right now are both in rebuilding projects. 
And the Giants lost their running joke of the Eagles don't have a Super Bowl. Now it's going to be, well, we've got four, but still, they can't make a joke anymore that the Eagles don't have a Super Bowl. Uh, the Rangers are in dead last in a very crowded and tight metro. And the Islanders aren't really doing that much better. They're more in the picture of the Rangers. The Knicks season is over. The Nets season has been over. The Mets, who knows? Yankees are probably the, the Yankees, best. there's a giant Death Star still above the Bronx. Yes. It's come back. It's not the Death Star. It's the uh, the planet destroyer. It's the star killer from uh, Force Awakens now. So they rebuilt and they're back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I will let you... Can I take this next one here? Go ahead. Dave Ortiz will be getting his own reality TV series on Fusion called Big Poppy Needs a Job. He's going to go around testing out all the types of jobs. Interesting. So... David Ortiz struggled with retirement, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Beltron says he will he will not join the Astros in the White House visit. And also, many of the Eagles say they're not going either. The Eagles said it's just because of Trump. Car- um, Carlos Beltran said that, uh, it's not Trump. I want time with my family. Uh, this next one, you got to see the video on this. Former New York Red Bull defender Matt Miazga, member of Team USA, who's now playing on loan in the Netherlands, got fined for grabbing an opposing player's dick during a set piece. And not like gave him a little, like literally took his balls and grabbed them to inflict as much pain as possible. And got slammed with a fine. Like it's pretty blatant. He just goes in and literally just, (laughs) they said, the the, the headline was hawks on a player's private parts. Like literally just goes (laughs) and grabs his nuts (laughs) as hard as he can to foul the player. He's getting fined for that. Oh, God. Um, you'll look, That's, you'll, that feels painful just talking about it. Yeah. You'll, you'll like this next one, Rick. Why don't you get this Yes, yeah, Shazier was at the Pittsburgh Penguins game last night, where also it was Marc-Andre Fleury's return game to Pittsburgh, and he got a great standing ovation. But Ryan Shazier got also a standing ovation and was, with, with assistance, able to stand up. So that's, I mean, he's... In the right direction, I still don't believe he'll ever play football again. But, I mean, he's able to somewhat move again, which is great. Yeah. So, and it was great to see that just on camera. So, that was very good. I'll let you take this next one, too. Uh, let, help me with the uh I think it's Gagori. Uh, Gagori yeah, from cool. South Korea is now the first female player to be signed in the Overwatch League, the video game league. Which uh, has actually come into controversy lately, saying that the Overwatch League is sexist. Uh, I mean, they're letting a female player in. I mean, they, I'm, I shouldn't say that. A female player is obviously allowed to play and got signed by a team. So I feel like that's definitely not the case, but that's debatable. And then I'll finish it up with uh, Ty Winard, who is a sophomore player for the Kentucky University basketball team, is suspended for going to a college party with an armed student bodyguard. That's interesting. I always love ending it off with a funny one. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, armed this, student bodyguard? This guy got a student body, like, got a student, gave him a gun, said, hey, you're my bodyguard. Nice. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're trained. Yeah, good luck. Uh, so, with that, that is this week's episode. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud at Wide Open Sportscast. Make sure to follow our Twitter. I'll be giving you lots of updates tomorrow, baby. At Wide Open underscore sports. And with that, I'm Rick. I'm Feds. Have a great night, everyone. Go 
birds. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.